So we've been following the story of Joseph and just a quick recap if you're not familiar with the story. Joseph was favoured by his father. Um, That made his brothers jealous of him. Joseph's had some dreams about ruling over everyone and he didn't keep them to himself so he went and told his brothers and his father about them. His brothers plotted to kill him and then decided to sell Joseph. Following that, Joseph spent a fair amount of time in slavery and then was falsely imprisoned. Last week we heard how Joseph had interpreted dreams of the chief baker and the chief cupbearer. This was during his time in prison. Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember him when he was reinstated. And earlier on in the chapter, in verse 12, we hear that the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph and tells Pharaoh of him. And this is because Pharaoh has had a dream and no one else has been able to interpret it. we hear how Joseph is brought before Pharaoh from the prison and how he is is able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And this leads, in today's reading, to Joseph's promotion over everyone. Joseph tells Pharaoh that that it is not him able to interpret the dreams, but the meaning is supplied by God and then Joseph doesn't just stop at providing the interpretation but he continues to provide a plan, a strategy for dealing with what is going to happen now throughout Joseph's whole life he shows an incredible ability to know what decisions to make and what to do with his early dreams that showed him ruling over everyone. Counsel would have easily been to keep it to himself, not tell anyone. Instead, he tells his brothers, which only antagonises them. You see, it's all part of God's plan for our lives. Those early dreams led Joseph into the situation where he was now in front of Pharaoh. It's like looking at a single task in a project and Dave's illustrated that with the the puzzle this morning. From a single task, you're unlikely to know what the overall outcome of the project is going to be. And so it is with God's plan for our lives. In the moment, looking at an individual situation we find ourselves in, we have no idea what the overall plan is and why a certain thing has happened. You've heard the phrase that God works in mysterious ways. Well, this is certainly true in Joseph's life. God's ways appear mysterious to us because we cannot comprehend the overall plan. I believe it's all about listening for God and being reactive to his input. God is the only one that knows that plan. We can't make things happen for ourselves. 
we have no way to anticipate the consequence of each action. We must listen and discern God's will. And we've been hearing about discerning God's will over the last couple of weeks. We were told to check it against scripture by checking it with others through prayer with God. And I would add through patience, which is obviously a fruit of the Spirit. Patience is an interesting point. I'm reminded of a previous series when we heard about patience in suffering. This can be a real challenge. I'm often reminded of a man that was blind from birth. And when Jesus healed him, he said that the man was blind from birth so that God's healing power could be demonstrated at that point in time. I'm sure that man often asked, Why me? What have I done to deserve this? And I'm, am I sure many, sorry, I am sure that many of us ask the same questions at many points in our lives. But we hear how Joseph kept faith throughout. I'm sure there were lots of questions from Joseph to God. He was rejected by his brothers, had to leave his family behind, was put into slavery and then was falsely imprisoned. But the thing to take away was that God had a purpose and a plan for Joseph and for each one of us. All the situations that Joseph found himself in led to him being in the position that God wanted him in and where God could use him most. The challenge is to keep that faith in God knowing that he has a plan for you. We do know that whatever situation we find ourselves in God will provide. Joseph found himself in jail from most points of view, this was not a good thing. And yet we hear that God provided the means for Joseph to be influential and respected within that environment. We also hear that uh, the naming of his children, he talks the meaning of the names that he gave them was about forgetting and a type of peace. So God provided those means to Joseph to put the past behind him and to live in a peaceful way and to be able to move on. We also hear that once Joseph had interpreted the dream, or at least been given the meaning by God, Joseph provided a plan. And Joseph has faith in the message delivered by God and uses wisdom to formulate this plan hearing God and then acting on it wisely a call to action you've heard God now you need to act on it we cannot know the future but God does God demonstrated his ability to foresee the future earlier on in the book of Genesis and in many places in the Bible After the sin of Adam and Eve, God looked far into the years ahead as he spoke to the serpent and declared 
what would come to pass. Referring to Christ's death on the cross and God's victory over Satan at the end of time. God's plan started at the beginning and goes all the way through to the end. God's active involvement in our lives and our world is not reactive, but is purposeful and deliberate. His timing is perfect and his his purpose cannot be thwarted. We hear in Proverbs 16 verse 4, The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Given that God is in control, we should align ourselves to his stated purposes in our world. Our plans must rest squarely on the bedrock of God's eternal plan. If Joseph had not listened to God and acted on the plan at the appropriate times, God would not have been able to use him. When we consider nature, which God created and controls, This provides much evidence of long-term planning. The cycle of the seasons, the animal life that store up provisions in times of abundance, in preparations of times of scarcity. This is exactly what Joseph suggested after being told by God what was going to happen over the coming years. Joseph showed great certainty and contentment in what God had said was going to happen. There was nothing to worry about, as evidenced by the fact that he settled down and had children, and as I said, named them accordingly. God gives us that peace. It's easy to focus so much of our attention on short-term goals and objectives that we overlook the bigger picture When considered from an eternal perspective, our lives make up such a small moment in time, and yet we're told they have such a significant impact and are important to God's plan. In Isaiah 30, we're told, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine. Israel's leaders at that time had a plan. But they had overlooked one major component, God. They didn't ask whether their blueprint fitted into God's revealed will for them. Failure to bring God into their plans led them to shame and disgrace. And the same is true for us today. We need to ask God, against the scripture, others, prayer, whether our values our visions, our missions, plans, projected outcomes are all consistent with what God has revealed to us and in his word about ethics and justice. Do the plans reflect a dependence on God? Does the projected use of resources include the bringing of people to God? Does it honour God or does it ignore him? Planning is important, but we also need to listen and prepare to be flexible and change our lives 
in response to new input from God and the situations we find ourselves in. The plan objective may still happen, but in a way we may never have anticipated. Solomon said, we should make plans counting on God to direct us. The Apostle Paul had no question about his ultimate destiny. He knew he would be with Christ. We hear this in Philippians 1. But he lacked certainty about his immediate future. How many of us are like that? He knew God had called him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. But he wasn't certain about how precisely that would work out. Consequently, his daily ministry involved a kind of futuring in which he adapted his strategy to each particular situation without ever compromising his primary mission. Often this is the part that is lacking for us. We continue to seek the vision when strategy and planning is what we need, what is most needed. In all of this, there must be a healthy balance. God calls us to walk by faith rather than sight. Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow, because today we'll have enough worries of its own. But we're also told to be shrewd and clever like serpents. The message of Jesus' parable of the shrewd manager is that we should face life realistically. God's plan for our lives is rarely that we sit back passively. God's desire is that we address the problems in our lives by admitting them, formulating a realistic plan to change them and taking decisive action. Sometimes people think passivity is a guarantee of getting God's will done in their lives. They believe that it's spiritual. But it's like saying... I'm not going to buy any groceries or prepare any food or go to a restaurant. That way, if food makes it into my body, I'm sure it's from God. But more often than not, God's will is for us to take initiative, exercise the sound judgment and accept responsibility, make wise choices and humbly learn from the consequences of our mistakes when we make them. God has given us free will to make these judgments and discern his will. It's a choice that we need to make. God is the perfect model of one who takes initiative and makes thoughtful long-term plans. He fashioned the heavens and the earth, calling forth the light from darkness, moulding our planet and shaping our solar system. He filled the earth with water and sky and fish and fowl. And he scattered an endless variety of plants and animals across the globe. Then he tenderly breathed life into us. Starting humanity. Calling a man and a woman to tend the garden and live in unbroken community with one another and with him. Then he watched as man and woman rebelled against him 
He watched as his creation spiralled down further and further into the depths of sin. He could have sat idly by and watched the world deteriorate. Instead, he responded with love. He took the initiative and he provided a long-range plan that would ultimately take centuries to unfold. And his plan is still unfolding to our constant amazement. And for those of us who have eyes and ears to hear, see and hear it, God's ultimate plan is what we should aim for. And in the meantime, we should listen and react to his will. I'd like to finish by reading Revelation chapter 4. This tells us about John seeing heaven in a vision and what, what, what heaven will be like for us. It says, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and before me was a throne in heaven and someone was sitting on it. The one who was sat on the throne looked like precious stones, like jasper and chameleon. All around the throne was a rainbow, the colour of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 other thrones and 24 elders sitting on them. They were dressed in white and had golden crowns on their heads. Lightning flashes and noises and thunder coming came from the throne. Before the throne, seven lamps were burning, which are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was something that looked like a sea of glass, clear like crystal. In the centre and around the throne were four living creatures with eyes all over them, in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like a calf, the third had, the third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of these four living creatures had six wings and was covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He was, he is, and he is coming. These living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to the one who sits on the throne and who lives for ever and ever. Then the twenty-four elders bow down before the one who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives for ever and ever. They put their crowns down before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honour and power before you made all things Everything existed and was made before you wanted it. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us free will to make choices and judgments. We thank you that you've provided your eternal plan to provide us with salvation. We pray for each situation that we find ourselves in. We pray that although we cannot understand each situation and see the big plan, that you will guide us 
into making the right decisions, discerning your will, testing it against scripture, against others and through talking to you Lord. We especially pray for those leaders in our world, those leaders within the church that have to provide guidance on your behalf to those that follow them. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you speak to each one of us individually, speak into our hearts, our minds, into our situations. And I pray that where those situations are not what we choose, where we're suffering, Lord, I pray that you'll give us the patience to suffer for you. I pray that you give us the peace to know that you're with us. I pray that you help us forget what's gone on in the past that hurt us. And I pray that we'll catch a glimpse and have your guidance to the future. And I pray all this in your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to save us on the cross. In Jesus' name. Amen.